You're listening to a Youth Takeover edition of the Remaking Tomorrow podcast, where teens host the program and welcome peer guests. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Remaking Tomorrow, a series of conversations about the future of learning. I'm Delina. This is Henry. This is a podcast powered by Remake Learning, a network that ignites engaging, relevant, and equitable learning practices in support of young people navigating rapid social and technological change. On today's episode, we'll be talking with three youth guests about how students should be supported through their education today and in the future. To start, let's meet our guests. Hey, my name is Aura. I'm a junior from Fox Chapel High School. My name is Roma Lattimore-Dallas, and I'm a senior from Westinghouse Arts Academy Charter School. I'm Alex, and I'm a senior at Westinghouse Arts Academy, and I'm 18. So the big picture idea we're talking about here is personalized learning. Would any of you care to define, in your own words, what personalized learning is for our listeners? Probably learning that is just more willing to conform to what a student needs and not just generalized. I would say that it's learning that accommodates to the specific characteristics of an individual that are otherwise ignored in standardized learning, like particularly when it comes to identity, disabilities, and other more niche educational needs. I would say that personalized learning is essentially when you're able to learn in an environment and in a way that suits you and revolves around your needs and what can help you. Following up on that, if you could go back in time and create a personalized learning experience for your young self, you know, what would you change? What would it be like? I would have personalized my learning in a way where I was able to like be more social and be able to learn more hands-on and like physically with other people because it would have been way better having something like ADHD where I kind of need to have a more physical environment on me to learn and absorb the information around me because cyber learning never really did that for me. I would probably go back and go to a smaller school like I go to currently and get more aid with like mental health issues and uh, my physical disability and just find something a little more accommodating than just your normal public high school that doesn't really care about singular students, but more just the generalized population. I would have set out to find a curriculum that had a more diverse narrative. I feel like growing up, I was really stifled in the way that everything I learned was so conservative and came from a really Eurocentric perspective. And so I feel like it would have been really beneficial to me and the way that I perceive others growing up if I learned more about other marginalized perspectives early on. And you specifically talked about two very different schooling experiences when you first started out. Would you like to talk about that a little bit? That's right. I was born and raised in Mexico for a time period, but then I moved to South Texas when I was very young. And the curriculum between Pittsburgh and Texas is startlingly different. It's a lot more conservative over there, but predominantly speaking, the school that I grew up with had mainly Latino kids and Hispanic individuals, which meant that Mexican culture specifically was always integrated and infused in everything we did. There were no technical ESL programs because everyone already spoke Spanish, and the ones that we did have were very refined. Whereas over here in Pittsburgh, I find that Not only are the accommodations to multilingual speakers lacking, but the way that people perceive Mexicans and Latino culture is very stereotypical in comparison to the authentic culture that I was exposed to growing up. How do you think the schools here can better tailor to that? 
they could start by diversifying the curriculum, most definitely. I just had a meeting for my school Spanish club, and they were trying to think of a Cinco de Mayo celebration. And they were suggesting all of these very stereotypical ideas using sombreros or pin the tail on the donkey games. And it was a really shallow look at what Mexican culture truly is. And I feel like if these kids were exposed to the richer sides of Mexican culture growing up, they would have learned to not necessarily view that culture with those stereotypes. Not only is the way that they're taught about culture, but I feel like the people that they're exposed to who can also tell them about that culture, maybe hire more Latino educators, would also be really beneficial. Roma, you talked about wanting more hands-on, learning to adapt to your style of understanding things and taking in information. Yeah. Do you think that's a around-the-board change that a lot of schools need to make? Yeah, a lot of schools, it's not like as hands-on. They'll like hand you work and they'll be expecting you to do it, but you won't get like a more of a demonstration or you'll have teachers in the school who are there for like the payment and don't actually know what they're doing so they can't display it. Kids are not given this hands-on like option to explore those topics or explore the lesson in a different way. So they end up just kind of procrastinating or not doing anything because they understand that in a different way and they aren't given time to process it in that way. Do you think that there should be more resources given to teachers to better do that? Or do you think they should be trained better to accommodate that? I would say both, honestly. They definitely need better training. We need teachers who actually know how to support kids who need more hands-on learning, kids who need things explained more explicitly to them. And we also need teachers who just in general know what they're doing to go through more when you're hiring a teacher and to give those teachers more resources to deal with, even if they aren't that trained in that area. Either way, if someone's educating the children of the future, I feel like they should be able to properly teach them so they know what they're doing in the future. Right. Alex, I think you mentioned that a thing that impacted your educational experience was physical disability. Do you want to expand on that at all? Yeah. So my physical disability kind of led to more issues with schooling later on. But like mental disability was a very big thing for me growing up. And I switched from two different schools to just some family issues. And they were not very accommodating. Dealing with kids who had been through traumatic experiences and were kind of trying to learn how to be people, let alone like having to learn and grow as an individual. I got bulldozed by the system and lost within it. I found that if you were not what they needed you to be immediately, and if you were not willing to work with them and do whatever they asked, that they just were not going to be willing to help, at least in public school. What would you say, you know, to someone who might be in that same situation? How would you go about helping them get through that? I found the best solution for me was to find a different school that was based on worrying about its students rather than just you go to a public school because you have to. And I found a school that you like auditioned for that was still free and I could have arts programs as well. And to just really do as much as you can to get your school board to listen to you. It's really difficult to do, but if you make enough noise, something has to happen. And if it doesn't, there are so many good alternative learning things. It might take a little bit to find, but I'm sure everyone can find something. It's really nice to hear you advocating for taking an active role in working for yourself and for people who have similar problems to you. What would you say is something that across the board needs to change for schools to better accommodate people suffering from your specific issues? Do we need 
better mental support on staff? Do we need teachers trained to deal with different kind of abilities and disabilities and students with troubled lives at home? I think that generally children need to be more educated about diverse communities. I got bullied a lot for being queer and there was no education on that and it just created a big problem. So I think if children were taught about queer identities and what we as people really are, that would help a lot. And having staff that don't have a very large stigma about children with learning disabilities or like just mental health issues in general and know how to help a kid if they need extra help or time with projects or whatever it is, they have to be able to adapt to that and be willing to give extensions or give extra help because I found so many teachers and just school boards in general just are not interested in the kids that do need that extra help. So I'm sure you're familiar, you know, with 504s and stuff yes. like that. Do you think that those should be more integrated into the general learning? Or do you think that the, you know, the process to get one should be a lot easier? I know that it took a couple of years for me to get mine. And do you think it would be beneficial to make that easier to achieve? Yeah, I think it would be very helpful. A big thing is you have, as a child, a young child specifically, you need your parents to do everything. And it was so much easier to get information about how to get a 504, or how to contact teachers about stuff like this. I think it would help a lot because parents just like don't know how to do it and kids don't know how to do it. It should just be integrated into normal life. It shouldn't be this like big thing that you have to go out of the way to set up and deal with. Do you want to talk about what a 504 is in the process of getting one, you know, for... Yeah. Anyone interested? So as far as I know, a 504, it's like a specialized learning program to help you get special accommodations through teachers and schooling. I know my personal 504 plan when I was like in middle school was I could leave class if I got overly anxious and I had extensions on assignments and stuff like that. You commonly have to go through like a guidance counselor or sometimes it's a principal. It's a higher up. It's not just your teachers and they have a formal paperwork they go through to set up. I think it's a legal thing that they it set is. up. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's normally something you have to go through a lot of people to get. And there's also, you know, you have your IEPs and your GIEPs as well, uh, which do similar. So for anybody in the uh, gifted program, at least here in Pittsburgh, you, you know, automatically have a GIEP that you can add and subtract. Another big word we're covering is we want to talk about equity as it relates to schools and education and learning. Does anyone want to talk about what that means to them, the word equity? What equity means to me is essentially having a fair and just school. Having a school that responds to the needs of the people in the school, the students accordingly, and treats all matters that happen like issues that come up in the school fairly instead of brushing them under the rug like a lot of schools do. To me, what equity means is the ability to be able to address certain issues or in general accommodate to individuals learning in a way that is both fair and yet individualized to that specific person. It's really common to assume that equitable learning means that it is equal and that is the same for everybody. But the reality is that given the school that you go to, given who you are as an individual, you will not have had the same quality of learning if you were given the same treatment as everybody else. But when you are cared for and when you are accommodated for as an individual and catered to your own distinctive needs, that is when it is equitable. I think you bring up a good point about the whole equality versus equity because there is a difference between the two. 
And I think it's so common for people, especially a lot of, you know, critics of the educational system to be very prone to saying like, oh, well, if we just make sure that everyone is allocated the same resources and everything will be all right and our educational distance will be just. But the reality is that what about the kids who already have these accommodations who are still suffering and who still don't have precisely what they need to thrive in that given moment, you know? And that is the big difference between equity and equality, that Mm -hmm. everyone has those different needs and even besides more or less need for support, there is just unique, particular demands that come from individual students. And in my opinion, that's what makes for an equitable learning environment. I can't really speak for like specific trainings or specific protocols, but what I can say is that the one factor that will always make an unequivocal difference is having an open mind and being able to adapt to whether it's policies, whether it's teaching styles, if you are capable of being open-minded to make that difference and to accommodate to that uniqueness, that is when it'll be equitable. To a similar point, do you think that the entire system is sort of squashing teachers and their ability to do that? Or do you think that teachers could do better? Or do you think it's a system thing? I think it's honestly the system because you'll hear so many stories of it every single day, how teachers quit regularly because of unfair wages, especially given COVID-19, how many have been stifled. I do believe it's also perhaps the teachers as well. I don't think it's fair to say that it's unequivocally the fault of the system or the teachers because there are definitely individuals out there who do teach, who have their own prejudices and biases that they will not work through. But I definitely do believe that when you are working for a system that does not accommodate to you, even as a teacher, you'll find yourself unwilling to or incapable of making these differences. COVID-19 has also sort of exacerbated what we kind of addressed as like a lack of both resources and just the literal physical ability to manage teaching students in a way that is personalized and equitable and tailored to each individual. Yeah, because the learning programs in general in a generalized system are already so messy going from virtual, some schools are, but then they're not going virtual, they're doing integrated learning, and then maybe they are going in person, but we don't really know because of COVID mandates. That in and of itself is already difficult. And imagine the added strain of having to accommodate for all of these new factors and creating equitable learning. It's hard, it's a very difficult undertaking. Okay, so we talked about equity and we talked about how students' personal backgrounds and just the quirks of themselves affect what kind of needs they have as students. What would you do or what changes would you make to make sure that you and your peers who feel like they've been left behind by the current system got incorporated and felt like they belonged? Honestly, I would work on how students in the schools support each other. When you have students in the schools who aren't being taught properly by those educators, and then these same students come and harass others for things like being queer or having disabilities or just being different in general or having different interests, you get this thing where it starts to intervene with actual learning and I feel like that could really be improved on by giving people more supplies to work with in the way of how we educate our youth. I took what you said sort of like, you know, helping other students. Do you think that there could be more done from the school's part on educating the students to help to like... To help each other. Yeah, yeah. I definitely say yes because... 
as myself, I'm multi-ethnic. I found that like looking at education of like black culture, for example, in curriculums is really poor. And I feel like that could be more improved, better represented. Specifically when it comes to the administration, for them to have a more open mind and for them to be willing to listen to marginalized voices and have a system, whether it be through an organization that encourages diversity or through regular board meetings that integrate these sorts of conversation topics, being able to listen to the specific needs of these individuals on the basis of gender or orientation or disability, that would mean a world of difference because it would be a direct network for the system to focus on the needs of the students based on what they're directly told. My school recently has been actually trying to do something similar to this. The Black Student Union at my school has been like working very close with the admin and they've been just trying to talk about what they're dealing with, what they're facing, what the student body as a whole is facing, and just trying to create conversation between the two for change because I think there is a very large disconnect between an admin and a student. It's a little hard to get like everyone's feelings and needs on that grand scale. So working with the organizations within the school, like the Black Student Union, or if the school has like a Gay-Straight Alliance or anything like that, working with those people directly at those schools, I think would be a really good way to improve that communication and getting students' needs met. Do you folks have any advice for students who feel marginalized by their current school system, feel left behind or not good enough because of the way they are functioning in a less personalized, more standardized education. I think at its base, it is the teacher's jobs and the admin's jobs to teach you. But to some extent, you do have to take control of your own education. You have to decide if you're okay with what's being taught to you and what's going on. And if you're not, you can make an issue with it. You can cause a fuss. You can get people on board with you to help. It does not have to be stagnant. It doesn't have to be a bad situation where you're being discriminated against or like not being taught properly. And if they don't listen to you, you can keep bringing it higher, but you have to take charge of your own education. I feel like the unfortunate reality is that so many students feel this way in one campus. Finding or having the means to create a support system where you can refine it and create perhaps like an organization like we're talking about, like the GSA or the Black Student Union, is super important, but more so because you feel less alone in that connection that you build with these people. Honestly, use your voice. Using your voice and gathering yourself a support system of people who can help uplift your voice is how you can get that voice heard because ultimately we're still going to have problems. These issues can't just be entirely purged to make a utopia because something will always be wrong. But you can always use your voice, come together with other people of marginalized backgrounds to uplift and help each other. What is one thing that you know your parents or educators can do to support each individual learner listen no doubt because it starts there you know there's so much you can promise and there's so much you can say like on a technical level but frankly it all starts with being able to go into a conversation start a conversation and work your way from there truly i'm going to agree with that and go off of that and say be understanding when you're listening to someone you should always be understanding to what they're saying and their experiences so you can improve upon yourself and what you're doing especially if you're an educator i think teachers presenting themselves as being open and being personal with 
every student at least a little bit, like knowing the smallest bit about them other than just their name and like having a space where they feel like they can come and talk to you as a teacher and express concern or just having a closer environment that doesn't feel so like sterile and business-like just not being so distanced between the student and the teacher and the admin. Well, I'd like to thank you all for coming. Remaking Tomorrow is powered by Remake Learning, a Pittsburgh-based network of people and organization that ignites engaging, relevant, and equitable learning practices in support of young people navigating rapid social and technological change. Learn more at remakelearning.org.